0: Is Marco Asensio Liverpool bound? There are no more apparent summer signings, according to local Liverpool journalists. And could Jude Bellingham be moving next summer? All that and more, as well as the addition of Calvin Ramsey on the LFC Transfer Room podcast. Hello everybody and welcome to The Room, the podcast brought to you by LFC Transfer Room. I'm Richie and I'll be one of your hosts today. I'm alongside Alex, one of my co-hosts. How are you today, Alex?
1: Yeah, I'm not too bad. Still as bored as ever, waiting for um, the games to to start, but um, the signings recently have uh, kept us going, I think. Give us something to look forward to, so yeah, I'm not too bad.
0: Fantastic. And uh, over to you, Rigo, a co-host as well. How
2: are you? Uh, doing well, doing well. Uh, obviously, missing uh, watching some live action uh, football, but uh, definitely keeping uh, keeping uh, things interesting with the everything going on with transfer news and obviously some of the incomings we've had and outgoing. So it's a good summer so far. So let's uh, let's talk about some of those transfers then. This is the
0: transfer roundup obviously brought to you from the stories of the week Sadio Mane, unfortunately will have his medical at Bayern Munich on Tuesday and will be announced as a Bayern Munich player on Wednesday and that's from various outlets. Liverpool's priority will be to extend an Keita's contract, that is from Fabrizio Romano amongst others. Liverpool are interested in bringing in Marco Asensio to the club with Jurgen Klopp being a huge fan of his Madrid want €35 million Euros, but Asensio wants regular game time, can he find that at Liverpool? Not. not- Bellingham Forest are set to sign Tayano Awani for 17.5 million from Union Berlin, a former Red, and Liverpool have a 10% sell on clause. That's from The Telegraph. Liverpool will consider a loan move for Gene since Jude Bellingham will stay at Dortmund for another year and then they'll go all out for the midfielder next year, and that's from the Irish Daily Star. Ibrahim Sanaga has his heart set on a move to the Premier League with a release clause of £34 million. That's from Sky and there are multiple clubs interested in him. Liverpool might be one of them. Uh, speaking about Liverpool targets, a former Liverpool target, or two of them in fact, Fabio Vieira is close to signing for Arsenal while Vitinha will sign for PSG. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain is set to stay at Liverpool with the Reds willing to lose him on a free next year then go back into the market this summer for another midfielder and that's from various local sources. LFC have gone as far as they can in negotiations with contract negotiations rather with Mohamed Salah. Without impacting their wage structure the Reds don't envision Salah signing a compromise. He does want a rumoured £400,000 a week perhaps even more so it's Does look like there might not be any common ground there. And officially, Liverpool signed Jay Spearing to play for the under 21 side, along with some coaching opportunities. And Liverpool have signed Calvin Ramsey from Aberdeen. And he is an exciting youngster who we will get onto. But that was your transfer roundup. And uh, all the stories can be found on the website. And please make sure that you go and check them out because they are well researched and also, you know, very opinionated. So I'm sure that the writers would love to have your. Opinions in there too. Alex, over you, anything in there that stood out to you?
1: Um, quite surprised maybe with the Oxley Chamberlain staying around for another year, I think. With that one, you've seen him not throw straps, but especially, you know, the Forest away game where he's been he's been benched early in games where you could you see him seeing out, he's not had minutes, he's not even made the bench on on some occasions. And I think he does have a bit of resale value. Um, maybe a Newcastle or a West Ham, I feel like, would take take a punt on him. Um, or a, maybe a Southampton, go back to where it all started for him. But I thought there was something there where you, you could get something for him. And I don't think he his head's in Liverpool as much. Um, if Obviously, you infer on what you've seen um, team selection-wise. So I was a bit surprised by that. And... Um to be honest, I think a lot of these, mid, like the Asensio rumors, I think a lot of these now are, are desperation for a midfielder, which I don't really feel like is justified. I think we know what our target is. It's obviously, it's like a Bellingham, but for some reason there's a big scramble to try and get one in. So players like Asensio, Asensio's sort of fell off the, the face of a cliff since he, since last few, few years ago, where he was um, bursting on the scene with Ronaldo at Madrid. So, Lincoln, Lincoln was with a player like that who's most of his minutes have been off the bench. I just, none of them really make sense to me. None of them really seem like they'll fit the bill. I just think it's a bit, it's a bit of a panic. So, yeah, that, they're the ones that really caught my eye.
0: Okay, we're going to talk about oxlade Chamberlain and Marco Asensio throughout the podcast in, in a more detailed discussion. Um, so, we'll go straight over to Rigo. Is there anything in the transfer roundup that caught your attention or anything that you fancy?
2: Uh, Well, obviously, uh, Mane uh, finalizing his move over to Bayern. uh, Bittersweet, obviously. Happy that we were able to get the move that he desired and also happy that Bayern uh, raised that offer up to a respectable, I guess, 42 million pounds, including add ons So um, bittersweet for him as well as Divo Carigi as well going over to AC Milan. So just want to say from us here and as well as myself, Wishing the best of luck uh, and much success, except obviously if we, you know, our uh, paths cross in any of the European tournaments. But uh, uh, as far, just to add on to uh, to, uh, to what you listed there, uh, re-signing Keita again for me would be, depending on that wage, uh, how much he's looking to to, to bank on. Uh, unless If it's less than what he's currently making, I'm all for it. But if it's anything approaching what he's currently making or a raise, no thank you. Um, and to add on to the point with regards to Oxley Chamberlain, I would I would have thought he'd move on just for more playing time. I do I do believe he has a lot to offer, but obviously Klopp being comfortable with him and having used him across a uh, varying positions, kind of having him more as a backup, knowing that perhaps we won't be getting a midfield target this summer, I think is kind of playing it safe, uh, knowing full well how. Uh, an injury, too, can kind of derail a season. So knowing what you have in Ox is, is better than kind of bringing in someone new who isn't a Jude Bellingham or a A-plus starter that can fit the slot right in.
0: And then obviously, you know, there was a, quite a controversial rumour about Jeannie's return as well. I think that story perhaps has died down since it first came out. But again, it's interesting, isn't it, that we do continue to be linked to these midfielders, even though that local reports are saying Liverpool are done. You know, for for the summer after bringing in Calvin Ramsey, who again we will discuss later. But it does look like you know a lot of the local reporters saying Liverpool. Are done now we never we we never know really what you know where the reliability there lay, because if somebody does come on the market, obviously they'll they'll move for them. But it does look like the hunt is almost over. I do generally think that Chow that deal was the priority before even the Darwin Nunez. So it's quite obvious that Liverpool are interested in bolstering that midfield, and and rightly so which means that silly season is upon us and we'll be linked to every Tom, Dick and Harry who can play in midfield. Uh, So hold tight for this one. But let's go into a little bit more depth then about Asensio, because he is a name that every single summer we seem to get linked to. Now, I look back over a couple of years ago when the links first started and he was rumoured to come to Liverpool. Again, rumours never happened for 70 million. Then last summer was 50 million and this summer is 35 million. Now for me, that doesn't bode very well because I know his contract is on the decline, but it almost seems like his minutes and his ability almost is as well. So, I mean, Marco Asensio, let's, let's ping over to Alex and uh, talk about Marco Asensio, because for me, it's not quite the right fit. How about you?
1: Yeah, I don't think it is the right fit, I think. In a player like Asensio, we've probably got something very similar in Fabio Carvalho, who we just brought in a player who's sort of can't, well, with Cavallo, we're just yet to see where he, where Klopp decides to put him in, but is Asensio a winger? Is Asensio a, a 10? Um, Do we really know? He, he's not really getting good minutes anymore at Madrid. He's played 39 games in the league in UCL, but all those minutes have come roughly as a sub, and he's had 13 goal involvements in around 40 games there. You can't, can't take that um, too heavily, considering obviously he's been a sub for most of these, but like you said his his values on the decline his minutes are on the decline It uh, doesn't really make sense to be honest it doesn't make it a sense yo. <laughs> little pun but yeah I, I, I don't i don't think it really <laughs> has any um, substance to it <laughs> I have so much time for that
0: pun i want to see that trend in it doesn't make a sense yo. um where does he play well he's played two hundred and thirty times on the wing okay two hundred and thirty times he's played on the wing in midfield he's played seventy five times OK, so again, he's not a midfielder. Everyone keeps on saying, oh, he's a midfielder, as in like he's the midfielder that Liverpool could need. He's a midfielder to to break down the low block teams. Well, predominantly he's played on the wing. He's 26 years old. He, now, I'm not saying he can't change position, absolutely. But at 26 years old, for someone who wants regular minutes, it's, it's it doesn't really bode well to change position. We saw it with Oxlade-Chamberlain. You know, we saw it with Vox, who wanted to come to Liverpool and be a midfielder. Now, yes, he had a catastrophic injury, you know, but at the same time, I still don't think he set the world on fire before that injury. Yeah, he had some uh, tremendous games, uh, you know, against Manchester City, obviously the highlights. And, you know, it's it's very difficult when you're 26 years old, someone like Asensio, who doesn't play in the same Klopp system, to come in and and do a Klopp midfield, you know, uh, work rate. Um, let's, you know, just really quick, I, I want to get on to Rigo before we steal all of the good stats, but in the percentile for his pressing, and I know that, yes, he plays in the wing and, and Madrid aren't necessarily a high pressing team, but he finds himself in the seventh percentile, which is extremely low. He's not a presser. Um, his actual dribbles, people are saying he can dribble from midfield. He's actually only got in the 17th percentile for dribbles you know, he's not the world's best dribbler when it comes to successful dribbles either. So if we're looking for someone to drive from midfield, you know, like what we all thought Naby Keita would be and sometimes is that driving dynamic midfielder. Again, he's not that. So for me, I agree with Alex that it doesn't make sense. And that's before, and this is the killer for me, taking in that wage because he's going to be on a whack at Madrid. He's going to be going on a free perhaps next season, which means that he will command quite a big wage if if there's no transfer fee or even a 35 million transfer fee as well. So for me, that's the, that's the breaker. Rigo? Uh,
2: for me, uh, I think uh, the Asensio rumor uh, is probably just his agent or the Spanish media just stirring that up. Uh, apparently every player that Madrid doesn't want we're kind of linked to at the moment as well. Asensio um, to me would be a duplication of what Harvey Elliott could possibly offer Liverpool, uh, left-footed, um, right-sided player. Um, and again, uh, as we saw at the beginning of this, this past season uh, with Elliot playing in the midfield, I don't think we, we should be bringing a player of Asensio's skill, uh, skills to kind of take away those minutes that Klopp is kind of uh, lining up for Elliot there. Uh, also taking into consideration, even going beyond the wage and possible transfer fee is just this history of muscle injuries. And again, if, if you're going to play for Liverpool, you better be ready to run, and we need to count on you to be available and I don't think that would be the right gamble for Liverpool.
1: I could uh, quickly chip in as well. When I was doing the research on Asensio, after we got linked to them, I couldn't find anything, any penalties, any positive stats, anything. So I think that's a real warning sign about any rooms like that when you can't really find anything to boast about with the player.
2: He's good looking. Apart from that, you know, I'm not really sure what he can offer Liverpool.
0: He's uh, got quite a high shot volume, uh, averages, three shots per ninety. Um but then again, so does so does a lot of players. It doesn't mean that they always score every single time, does it? Just having a high shot shot rate. Um so we say an essentially no. and No, no. Go. no go. thank you. Assensi no. Max. Okay next uh let, well let's move on to someone who's actually now rumored to be staying at Liverpool and that's uh, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain who seems to have done a u-turn and there are probably multiple reasons for this. Uh he seems to have done a u-turn and he is looking now to stay at Liverpool and perhaps Liverpool are willing to obviously risk him going on a free next summer. Now according to transfer market is his valuation is 14.4 million. So if Liverpool say get 15 million for him, I think that would be a fair fee for Alex Oxlade Chamberlain. I suppose what Liverpool are now thinking, where there is such a gap in the market of midfield, who can you bring in for such a gruelling campaign with a World Cup slap dash in the middle of the season? Liverpool need numbers. So actually get rid of Oxlade Chamberlain for someone who Klopp perhaps doesn't want and you know they might sign for let's say three years, but then Klopp's stuck with a player for three years. He we know that he does not want square pegs for round holes anymore. You know, he tried that with the defense; it didn't work. He's he's not going to bring in, let's say, just because we was linked to him, Sanagre for thirty four million, if he doesn't want him in the long run. So, thoughts on Oxl- uh, Alex Oxley Chamberlain Rigo?
2: Uh, yeah, I kind of made mention of this earlier in the in the podcast. Uh, Ox already knows how we play. Uh, Klopp knows what he has in him. Uh, the things that kind of hamstrung uh, Alex Oxley Chamberlain were was his injuries and kind of. Uh, getting him back up to speed or integrating himself back into the squad. And with some of the incomings that we've had kind of taken his place, uh, the minutes have dwindled down. He hasn't been selected for for for, for match day squads. Um, but at the same time, Klopp knows what he has. And uh, uh, as you alluded to the World Cup this year, uh, we're going to be missing bodies at, at some point or another. And there will be some some form of, uh of injuries in some fashion and you kind of have to prepare for that and i think keeping ox when the transfer fee would only be like 15 million we're, we're not finding uh a midfielder that will come in and take minutes from what we currently have for that for that price so uh all things considered i think ox you know kind of seeing the writing on the wall he wouldn't exactly fall into a starting lineup elsewhere he can be a contributor on a winning squad is comfortable i'm sure his family is comfortable young family that he's just started So uh, I think all those factors probably lead him to staying at Liverpool and depending on his success and level of fitness this season, I could possibly see him getting extended next uh, for next campaign as well. Um, All things considered, he's still fairly young and, and Klopp knows what he has in him.
0: I think a a key thing there to add is he seems to be quite a leader in the locker room. He seems to have quite a bit of influence on the locker room, which is the, you know, we we would assume as well as the coaching that's going on is one of the reasons why James Milner is there because he's such a positive influence in the dressing room and you need players like that and you can't replace someone like that for 50. 15 million, so when he's already embedded and established and is perhaps, again, we don't know, perhaps working with the youngsters like Jones and Elliot, trying to, you know, bring out the best in them as well as trying to get back to full fitness himself. So, you know, that's that's another element to, you know, what Klopp might be thinking. Um, Alex, what do you think about your namesake, Alex?
1: Yeah, I think you can't really underestimate the core of a squad and you know, the friendship groups there and the morale around um the training ground, etc. So with that, I think it'd be a, a smart decision. Keep the core together, especially with, with the campaign that's coming up. Um, I think you are both together and nailed that on the head. Perhaps if a midfielder, we, we were dead on to get this summer, was coming in, I think he'd be on the way out. But if no one's out there to come and take his minutes, you may as well just keep him around for the season at least. And I think he probably will get offered an extension too, uh, but I think that's all down to... Whether he values being a part of you know a winning culture and a winning team, or his minutes and his game time and um, his his personal side of of football instead of the team aspect, so could go either way. But I'm I'm not too opposed to them staying um, another season.
0: It could also be you know it could also be because there hasn't been anything that no clubs are actually in for him as well. You know, apart from you know the Man United link, which I think was. A ridiculous link anyway I think that was just throwing something at a wall and seeing if it's stuck um, I haven't really seen too many clubs interested apart from you know Aston Villa I think Gerard said that he liked him but there's been no concrete interest from from what I've read and that might be another factor you know this might be a really big season for Oxide Chamberlain to put himself in that shop window that somebody actually will recruit him on a free next season because you know, he, he's going to have to prove himself. If he wants to stay amongst the elite in, let's say, the top 10 clubs in that Premier League, he's probably going to have to earn it. And, you know, quite rightly, as as Rigo said, he could play a Lallana-type role, you know? And um, Lallana in that final season got a very important goal against Manchester United, so I would not begrudge the Ox <laughs> doing the same. Um, let's, let's move on then to somebody who has come in, and that's one Calvin Ramsey. Alex, give us a lowdown, if you can, please, on...
1: Alvin Ramsey. Well, it's carrying the tradition of um, great Scottish players at Liverpool. Um, recently, Robertson being the last um, one of those. He won a, a bit of a mouthful, but Scottish football is right, a young player of the year award. Not playing for Rangers or Celtic, which is quite a feat. Um, especially, for, you know, he's 18. It's not like he's, you know, knocking on the door of, of 21, 22, 23. So it's a really young age to get it in a squad that isn't the most competitive in the league. Um, 33 appearances and 10 goal contributions, nine of them assists. Again, for his age, for he's not battling for the title. The chance may not be there. That's really good numbers for an 18-year-old. So the accolades are there. Perhaps the eyes haven't been on it and he's not the most glamorous of signings, but I think it's really savvy business. I think there's a really good player in there. Um, And obviously with you know Nico Williams looking like he's either going to Forest Southampton or something like that, maybe back to Fulham. Um, it's only a matter of time before we looked for an understudy to Trent, so it makes good, good sense to me, and I'm a big fan of the deal.
0: Absolutely, over to Rigo. I
2: definitely uh, th- think he looks like a terrific prospect. Already off the bat, he looks a little bit more physically imposing than what ne- Nico Williams can offer, uh, along with having the, that ball carrying ability and the ability to, to kind of make those passes into the box and, and score on his own. Uh, the, the biggest highlight that jumps out when, when when he was brought up is that left-footed goal that he scored outside the box. Absolute rocket. Uh, so he, he looks, you know, someone who could just take off with us uh, in the minutes provided to him when Trent needs a blow or in our League Cups. And with the prospect of Nico Williams looking for first-team football and the uh, standing display he, he did for Fulham and bringing them up to the championship, I think he's probably on his way out, deservedly so. And you know we can't hamper his career, so I think we're kind of just covering ourselves with and bringing in Calvin, uh, strong name, obviously uh, Scottish Sc- uh, Scottish player. Nice booking there to Robertson. I'm sure he'll help him bring him along into the squad. Uh, so terrific act and and it goes right right uh, with the trend with all of all of liverpool's recent transfers with the exception of thiago perhaps is that the the uh, the average age of the squad is trying trying to bring that squad age down and the average age of the transfers the last five or so has been around 19 20 years old so um, definitely you can see that the blueprint that that they're laying out they're getting quality skill position players who are hungry uh to mold them to mentality monsters in the liverpool way and kind of you know get that revolving door going while guys pro- progress in their career so absolute great signing and plaudits to the to the scouting department and to and to ward and Cl-
0: we uh, Alex mentioned he's not the most glamorous of signings, but neither was Andy Robertson, and I remember the fans being an uproar because it was 8.5 million, and everyone was saying he's from Hull. We've just got relegated, rah rah. And essentially, we did we did an 8.5 million and Hull took Kevin Stewart for around about that as well. Uh, and you know, Liverpool have never looked back since. I think he's become one of the best fullbacks in the world. So hopefully, Calvin Ramsey can learn from one of the best fullbacks in the world, and you know, this boy's got technique. You know, if you've if you've seen just even a, a smidgen of his showreel, he's got unreal technique that would rival Trent Alexander Arnold, and that's exactly what we need at Liverpool. Uh the good news as well is that it looks like Joe Gomez might might look to extend too. So that would be fantastic as well, because that right side would be more than covered, you know. The left side looks more than covered with Costas there and, and Robbo as well. So again, you know, Liverpool's Liverpool's defense just hopefully looks set now for the thats part of a decade if if we can um if we can keep them all fit let's um let's talk about preseason because quite quite unreal and you know very perhaps unfair but they do get paid a lot of money they will be back in preseason in two weeks time and we know it's an early season start because of obviously the the World Cup in Qatar um I mean who are you looking forward to seeing in preseason i, I again this is not something we've discussed earlier so it's off the cuff
2: uh, for me, I, I'll go ahead and, and, and say, uh, actually, uh, Fabio Carvalho. I, I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, how he's implemented, what position uh, Klopp is going to try him out at, and how he just takes with the squad and what lineup Cop is willing to throw him out into. Uh, being named to the uh, championship uh, squad of the year, obviously at such a young age, helping uh, Fulham reach you know, the Premier League, And now coming over to Liverpool, um, it's just a very exciting player. Uh, Someone who can offer a a dribbling, passing and shooting for us. And I'm just excited to see what development um, uh, is going to take place and how he will be implemented in the squad. So as of right now, he'd be my my number one. Just, you know, just uh, curiosities piqued about him.
0: My pick is going to be Harvey Elliott. And the reason for that is he started preseason last season absolutely on fire. And he also started the season on fire before his extremely unfortunate ankle injury. And I'd be really intrigued to see once again that Trent, Harvey and, and Mo connection. I think that they worked brilliantly down that right-hand side. And if Harvey Elliott can get back to where he was at the start of last preseason, whew, there's an absolute player in there. Absolute player. I completely agree with what you said about Carvalho. But one person that, I wanted to ask because they've sort of gone under the radar a little bit, which which sounds a little bit silly because he's our record signing or could be our record signing. Darwin Nunez, it's a massive preseason for him. I mean, how is he going to settle? Do you think? Because we know he's in the past when he's moved clubs, he's been a bit of a slow starter, it's been a bit of a slow burner. But again, he was young, he was he was getting used to the pace of a new league, etc. What are you looking for, for for Darwin Nunez, Rigo, in this preseason?
2: Goals, 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 goals. But apart from that, uh, just the terror that he's going to bring to those back lines, I want to see the look on their faces when he's running straight at them or coming down the left wing. Um, uh, Apart from seeing his individual skill, I obviously want to see what formation, uh, if uh, formation change, if any, uh, Klopp Klopp and his his crew is coming up with. I know there's been a lot of talk about switching perhaps to a 4-2-3-1, but if we stick with our four 4-3, three uh four three three, I wonder how that'll that 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 fit will go as well. Uh, you know, N- Nunez, uh, he's kind of what we've been asking for from, from a number nine. Uh someone who can obviously threaten and score. Um, so well, uh, definitely excited to see how he'll be used. Uh with a little bit of trepidation. Whenever there's a big money signing for me, I'm always, you know, I'm always afraid of something horrific happening right before you know we can get started so a nice safe preseason, get them warmed up and then unleash them uh unleash the hounds uh you know come august when the when the season kicks off
0: it's a really good point you made there about preseason, how Liverpool line up because that's going to be fascinating if we don't bring in a, a you know another midfielder if we are going to play two in the midfield as a double pivot then we've got loads of options there and i know it, i'm trying not to sound too optimistic but there are a lot of options if you're going to play a two-man midfield with, let's say, Carvalho and Firmino as a 10. You know, we've seen Jones play as a 10, you know, for the under-23s, et cetera. I know primarily he's on the left-hand side. But Jones, it might be an opportunity for Curtis Jones to come in as an attacking midfielder as well, you know. So if we do play with that 10, I would love to see Bobby in behind Nunez. And I'd love to see Carvalho, because that's obviously where he 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 made his name at Fulham as well, playing behind Mitrovic. So I'd love to see that happen. And it's a really good point that you raised there. If we do change the system, though, and we go into a double pivot with a 10, and then obviously you've got Diaz and Salah, and then Nunez as that focal point as that advance forward. What does that do to Trent and Robertson? Do they still have that same freedom to roam up? Is Salah going to push really high? Is is Diaz going to push really high? They're going to cut inside. What do you think that does for the dynamics of Trent and Robbo?
2: I think we kind of seen that already, uh, at least more along Trent's uh, Trent's uh, positioning, where he, where he's positioning himself uh, more to the middle instead of doing those overlaps. We've been using that the uh, the triangle with Salah, Henderson, and and Trent. And Trent's been the player more and more inside than Henderson in those examples, or when Elliot was healthy and, and starting in this in the in the in the beginning part of the season you'd see them off into the wing so i think perhaps they'd be they'd invert a little bit more just to offer a little bit more more help uh more help and passing options but uh very excited to see you know what what they plan to do and whether or not they'll unleash all the attacking attacking options that we currently have uh you know having some lineups out there with carvalho elliott Along with you know Salah, Nunez, and Diaz, I, I think that would be kind of spectacular, spectacular as well. Perhaps just having Fabinho there as a holding midfielder, and kind of letting those guys do some work. Um, but uh, along with you know those numbers and, and the attacking possibility, you know we have to, obviously have to make sure we're sound defensively. And I'm not sure whether or not keeping that super super high line would be conducive with having so many offensive players in the lineup and. So it's definitely some, you know, some balancing act that needs to happen. But I think offensively, we're in a very good spot. And and again, the only position where we don't have a direct backup, unless you count Jordan Henderson or Tyler Morton or, you know, Milner would be that holding midfielder role. But I think we're well covered everywhere else. And I'm just excited to see how those chess pieces get get placed on the board.
0: It's also nice to have that option as well of actually playing as a, you know, playing a 10 in there, someone who can naturally like Carvalho and for me I, mean, I play that at Hoffenheim, play that natural 10 too, feeding Darwin Nunez. It must be salivating for Nunez to come in with so much, you know, so much quality and so many players who can assist him as well. Because let's not forget Salah, Mohamed Salah, you know, the selfish, greedy player. He won the most assists of the uh, season last season. So, you know, he'll be feeding him too. So that's all we've got time for today. But thank you to everyone who has stuck with us. And that uh, takes us to the end of another weekly podcast from The Room. The podcast brought to you by LFC Transfer Room. Please make sure that you give us a five-star rating uh, or a four-star but, you know, Five stars are always better. On Spotify, on Apple, on iTunes, anywhere where you get your podcast from. And also please do subscribe to the YouTube channel where the lads are working tirelessly, bringing you all of the transfer news, all of the updates. Um, that happened this summer as well so thank you very much for joining us but it's been an absolute pleasure and as always up the reds